0: This is Amaryllis from Ace Travels with Coach Carmen. Welcome to Eat Well, Travel Often, the podcast where each
1: episode we explore a new destination, its food, and its culture.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Eat Well, Travel Often. Amaryllis, Korea from Ace Travels here, uh, along with my co-host, Coach Carmen from A Happy, Balanced Life. Hi, Carmen. Hello, hello. How are you? Great. I'm great. <laughs> great to see you again. Here you are. Yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Oh God, we talk. Like, we act like we don't talk all. Stuff, <laughs> <but>. Facts. <laughs> exactly. We talk. Carmen and I talk all the time, and we and our conversations go off in like tangents of all different types of topics. So that's right. That's right. It's <laughs> just an extension of what we love to do, right? Exactly. Exactly. So today we're going to talk about Spain. I super excited because uh, to talk about this country because my I've been to Spain several times, but um my last trip to Spain was ex- um, was very special and I'll explain later why. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to to touch on this specific country. So you ready? So- Yes
1: so I was gonna say for me um you know my perspective is only cuz i've only been to barcelona right but loved it nonetheless so i'll start with our th- my three takeaways okay so i loved um everything that there was to do i was kind of surprised you know i did uh, i did a lot in barcelona just in barcelona right so imagine um throughout the country so um some of my faves were um the the basilica um familia sagrada mm-hmm. so much history there just you know a lot a lot to see um a love to take in the different architect, architectural um, pieces of of that location. Um, park, and I don't know if I'm saying it right, Guel. Guel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, so if you're in, into art and in, you know, just funky, um, artistic ways, um, I really like that. And something that I really love that people might think is funny is I loved, loved uh, Mercado La Boqueria, mm-hmm. which is, like, their market. I just loved it. I, I think I... In my travels, it's that my it's been my favorite. Just the, the sheer size of it, all the different options that they had. Um, you know, they had everything that you would expect at a market. You know, regular food market. Um, you know, like produce and fish and nuts to things that you wouldn't. You know, like yeah. fresh cut fruit and seeds and beans and all these other things that you know you wouldn't expect. So that those were some of my top things. Um, we were there for a week. Okay. So we did a lot in a week and it was, yeah. it was fantastic. The second thing I would say is transportation was great. And, and, you know, I found this now that I've been to Europe a few more times after Spain that they really do have this you know, together. They have such a good system. So I remember in Spain just being impressed by the timeliness, the cleanliness and the organization of, you know, being able to move around, whether it was by train or by bus or whatever. So I really enjoyed that because when we travel, we try to walk as much as possible or take public transportation so we can see more. Um, And then the last thing was um, the food. Um, And I'll get more into this later, but um, the food that I liked wasn't the food that I was expecting. Okay. That you hear mm-hmm. from Spain. So we'll, we can talk about that. But those were my three takeaways. What about you?
0: Um. So mine were, so I've been to several different places in Spain. I've been to Barcelona, I've been to Madrid, I've been to Toledo. And I, and then I've been to Santiago de Compostela, that region. I kind of went into the in, out into the countryside quite a bit. And then I went up to like the northwestern region up by the coast. Uh, I think for me, the things that stood out the most is just the diversity of like, uh, the there's such a ver- variance depending on what region you go to. And so being in the city like Madrid and seeing that and, and still architecturally, like it's beautiful, that city. Same with Barcelona. Barcelona, I think is a little bit more like art- artsy, right? Like there's more of the art there. Um, and then going to like, a really old town like Toledo like a walled Roman town or Lugo which I got to see as well and then making my way to Santiago is just so gothic and medievalish <laughs> like it was just amazing the diversity from that perspective at least that's how, what I felt um and um the second thing that stood out to me i think was um not so much in Madrid. I didn't really feel like the people were as friendly in Madrid, but uh, not that they were mean. But um, in, the, in the Galicia region, uh, w- one of the reasons why this trip, this last time to Spain was so special to me was because I actually surprised my husband with a birthday trip. To Spain. Uh, when we first started dating, he had told me his great grandfather had come over to Puerto Rico from Spain. So he knew, you know, his ancestors were from Spain and they were specifically from a town called Parga, which is his last name. Awesome. So he had told awesome. me when we first started dating that it was his dream to visit this town. So I put together this trip to Spain. I surprised him with it. And just to see the joy on his face when yeah. we were there, like mm-hmm. it just made everything for me. Like it just made me so that my language love is giving, like giving travel. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I get a lot of satisfaction just from seeing the the happiness on you know on his face. Um. So when we were in this, uh, Parga is in the Galicia region of Spain. It's um not far from Lugo, which is one of the um, Roman towns is still standing, still has a wall that goes around the town. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably about an, I would say maybe 45 minutes to an hour outside of Santiago. But when we were there, like just walking the town um, and they speak, gallego there um not to that doesn't mean people don't speak spanish but you know they speak like a dialect of spanish mm-hmm. um and so we went into like a little cafe and we, we were miguel was talking to this gentleman they were just really nice they were curious but they were nice and they had mm-hmm. you know it was just nice to engage with them um and then my third takeaway i would probably say is uh, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed the food in the Gallego region as well. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, I've only recently embarked on this adventure, food adventure kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I in my earlier days, I was a little bit more cautious, but I really enjoyed it. I, I, and we'll get into that later later. Mm-hmm. Um, So I had a, I had, we had a great time and it definitely was a memorable trip for my husband because he got to realize, you know, a dream, something he wanted to do. And I have to joke. So one of the things that he told me was that there was a castle in this town, Parga, right? And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, let's, you know, when we get there, let's see if we can find the castle. Yeah. So this town is tiny. Like, I mean, when I tell you there's like, it's not that big. It's like you snap your fingers and you... Yeah, walk. you drew it back. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, so there's this little re, a river called El Rio Parga that goes um, through the town. And so we cross the river and there's like a hill. And he had asked someone and they're like, there's no castle here. There used to be one, but it you know it's up on the hill. So we go up and what was left was just like a wall. And I said, there's your castle. <laughs> and he goes... <laughs> Yeah, and funny. there was like another part of it, but it was on somebody's private property. He's like, "Do you think I'll get in trouble if I go?" I was like, uh, "We're in Spain. I don't know, like, how they're gonna respond. Know, think, oh, they're gonna respond to some strange man being in their yard?" So we took a picture of him with his hand on this wall that I guess is part of the castle at some point. Yeah, and he was like, "You know," he goes. I said, "Do you think your family was part of royalty because the town is named a- after you? You know, you with your last name." And he's like, yeah, we were, I was a Lord. Like we were a Lord. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. I can see him to seriously saying that. To yeah. Me. You know,
0: for those that don't know, so my husband is a writer. He He's um, very creative. He's also, he does screenwriting and he uh, is, teaches dir- like film directing at a school. So um, yeah. I'm pretty sure in his mind he has a whole story about, you know, what his family and their position.
1: He's a published award winning writer. Yes, he is. (laughs) He's modest, but yes. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anyways, we
0: took this picture. We took this picture. We just laugh at it every day. Like sometimes we'll just be talking about it and I'll be like, yeah, remember we went to go see your castle.
1: (laughs) You're like, Lord, would you like some dinner? Lord Parga. (laughs) Exactly. I
0: guess that makes me a lady
1: now. Exactly. Oh, it's too funny. Uh funny. So
0: those are my Uh,
1: takeaways. Before we we move on to the foods, I wanted to mention, and again, this is, again, I think this is important for people that don't travel a lot. Like sometimes we have it in our mind, like what things should be like. So my first time to Spain, which I think might've been my first time in Europe, I, I think I was pleasantly surprised. And I say this because it happens to a lot of people that you have this mentality. And I say this because from being from Puerto Rico or my family's from Puerto Rico, a lot of people think it's like an Island with nothing on it. Like, you know, they're, <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. when you say like, Oh, I was at the mall or I went to this, right. they're like, Oh, you know, they're like, like you know, no. you have malls? yeah, exactly. What's going on? What you <laughs> so, <clears throat> so anyway, um, I was, I'm going to admit that I was a little bit ignorant as to what Barcelona had to offer. Mm-hmm. So it was just incredibly um, important for me to share that because if you haven't been, you may have it in your mind, like it's one of those country towns or something like that, but it, it's not, it's a big city. Um, they have everything that you could think of and we did shop and eat and do, you know, all the touristy things as well. And I think that's important for people to know. And maybe I'm the only ignorant one, but I have to tell you, it was just one of those things where I, I was like, we were pleasantly surprised. I went with my, my husband um, and my daughter. And we really enjoyed you know, everything about about being there. And I want to go back. I want to go yeah. back to other parts of Spain you know, as well. But I wouldn't mind going back to Barcelona. It's a place that I definitely returned to because I feel like there was a lot to do.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely a country that if you go from north to south, you're going to see very different things. Like as yeah. you go further south, you see more of the more influence in the country, you know, that uh, like. Arabian, Arabic. I don't know if it's, I would call it Arabic, Moorish, I guess, you know, like Middle Eastern influence. Um, right. So let me, why don't we get started by sharing a little bit of the history of the Spanish cuisine? Um, right. What are some of the influences? And then we can get into what we enjoyed while we were there from a food perspective. And then some of the things that we would recommend people to see and do while they're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'll get going on the, on the history here. So Spain has a rich and diverse uh, culinary history and it's been shaped by a variety of different cultural influences over the centuries. Um the the country's location which is on the Iberian Peninsula um along with its historical ties to the Mediterranean and to Europe um has played like a really pivotal role in the development of its unique culinary traditions. Um One of the earliest influences in Spanish cuisine was the Roman Empire, uh, which brought new techniques for growing and preparing the food, such as, like, irrigation and the use of olive oil. Mm. Like, for me, I didn't even think, I've never even thought about that. That's, it, you know, like... But it makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense that olive oil would come from Roman Empire. Um, The Moors, who ruled Spain for over 700 years, also played a really big role in the country's cuisine, um, Mm -hmm. introducing new ingredients such as like Mm -hmm. apricots, saffron and almonds um, or almonds tomato, tomato, depending on how you want to say it. I say almonds um, as well as new cooking methods like grilling and stuffing um side note here i learned this when i was in dubai don't know if you guys know if you know this carmen but um so one of the things i learned when i was in dubai i did a food tour and we were in the spice market and um they uh the the guide was talking about how expensive saffron is yes. and i i had no idea so i'm i'm no cook i'm no chef at all i can eat for days but i don't know <laughs> So she was telling she was saying that saffron is really expensive and they don't put out the real stuff because for fear of people trying to uh, to steal it. Not not that there's a lot of theft going on in Dubai because they deal with people pretty uh, swiftly when it comes to, um, to, you know, committing crimes. But anyways, so she was explaining that the reason why it's so expensive is because uh, saffron, I guess you can only um, you only harvest it once a year. It's a, an, a, like a specific time frame. It's in one specific root part of like either Iran or Iraq. I can't remember which one. I'm sorry. Um, but you can only find it in one specific area of Iran or Iraq. I want to say maybe it was Iran. And um, she said that the way has to be handpicked. Like it has to be handpicked and it has to like, you have to take out the seeds, I guess, from the inside of the plant. Um, so it's very laborious and it only happens once a year and you know it's limited so that is why it's so expensive and I was like oh what a like I don't know when I'm going to need that piece of information but I found it interesting.
1: No that is you know because it is it is it is I I have used it to cook and they sell it in these little tiny almost like a clear plastic bag and yeah Get you get they look like little strings you either get mm-hmm. strings or a little bit of powder right depending on what you're you are using it for but I was I, I remember the first time that I had to buy it, I was like, why is it so expensive? Like when you're looking at it compared to, and it's so little, but that's all you need is a little bit. Like if you're making Baella or something like that. So yeah. I, I didn't know the background of it. I just assumed that they, that it was everywhere in Spain. So that's good to know. Well,
0: I bought a little bit back with me from Dubai um, and I gave it to Miguel. Miguel cooks in our house. So I gave it to him. Um, and he's like, oh, maybe we'll make paella one day. And I was like, we is a lot of people. Like, we <laughs> will make Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I will eat the paella that you make happily,
1: right? That's what you were thinking.
0: Yes, I will eat it. Um, all right. So back to our timeline here. Sorry about that. just wanted to share that piece of information. So during the 16th and the 17th centuries, um, Spain, um, Spain's global empire brought new ingredients and cooking techniques uh, to the country from the Americas, right? Because they came to colonize a lot of what we now know as Latin America and, and so forth. So they actually brought back to their country um, some cooking techniques that they had learned from, <laughs> from colonizing um, a lot of the countries in South America, um, such as like tomatoes, um, uh, peppers, and chocolate were some of the ingredients they brought back. I'm assuming chocolate came from Mexico because that is where you found, I think I'm almost sure, chocolate originated in Mexico. Um, This period is also when the famous dish paella was originated, um, which was a way to feed the large number of people working in the rice fields. Um, In the 19th and the 20th century, Spanish cuisine began to gain international recognition uh, with famous chefs such as Juan Manuel de Prado and Juan Mari um They helped to establish it as one of the world's greatest, one of the world's great culinary traditions. Um, so today, Spanish cuisine is known for its use of fresh High quality ingredients. I think that's another reason why I probably really enjoyed the food there is mm-hmm. because you can tell how fresh everything is. So really high fresh quality ingredients. Things as like seafood, meats, vegetables, and fruits. Um, dishes like tapas, paella, and gazpacho are popular around the world today. Um, and also the country is almost is also home to a thriving like modern culinary scene uh, with a lot of chefs experimenting with new techniques and flavors so spanish cuisine has a really long rich um long and rich history it's shaped by a diverse cultural influences um from the roman to the Moorish to you know the global reach of the roman empire it's just a melting pot of flavors and techniques today that really just continues to evolve and it helps to make food lovers happy around the world
1: (laughs) yes and i think that's one of the things i loved about it was um you know, yes, they have obviously Spaniards have a lot of different things, different uh, types of foods. But I was surprised that they had, um, you know, foods from so many other places. Right. You know, in comparison, because I think we think here in the United States that we're the only ones that are so diverse, which is the complete opposite. But what I loved was <clears throat> being a, we actually had a really good Argentine meal there. Um, yeah. Th- those the, the couple. Um, the owners were there. They were very pleasant. The food was amazing, and it's. I, I think it's it's good to try different things. They live in Spain, and they you know live the culture of Spain, but they're still cooking their cuisine. You know, while they yeah. Cook.
0: Well, it's funny. Um, mm-hmm. when I first met Miguel, he used to always be like, "Hey, you want to go get tapas?" And I was like, oh, "I don't like the concept of tapas." And he's like, "Why?" And I was like, <laughs> "I want to share my food. Like, I want to just eat my." <laughs> See, and I love tapas because I will. I'm I'm
1: the type of person that wants to try everything on the menu, um, uh, you know. And so tapas for me is like, oh, I can try a little bit of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, like sitting down having a plate. And well, now it, as I'm,
0: I'm getting it. older and I realize it's harder to keep the weight off. I'm- <laughs> leaning more towards stop us because (laughs) i might have to share and i might have small plates maybe a good idea right (laughs) um if you've never been to spain one of the things that you should be aware of and much like i guess any other country right is that you're going to find regional differences from a food perspective across the country so you know um every region is known for different types of dishes. Uh, and so if you're looking for something specific and you're going to that region of Spain where it's known, then, you know, it's probably going to taste, I don't know. I would say, I personally found like the, 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 Pupo a la Gallega which is a a dish from the Galicia region when I had it in Galicia I felt like it tasted better than when I had it in Madrid you know because maybe because it's like the people are actually like the originators are making it if that even makes any sense but (laughs) yeah hey you were the one that got me onto that so (laughs) yeah it's delicious right Um, so if you go to the north in what's considered Basque country right that's the part of Spain that uh, borders France. Um, it's known for its seafood dishes, um, specifically like cod in s- different forms, such as like bacalao al pil, pil um, which is a dish where the fish is cooked with garlic and olive oil. Sounds so yummy, right? <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, telling you that I might have I mean, to eat that <laughs> like bacalao. Anyways, yes, yes, <laughs> but we don't make it with garlic and olive oil. We make we make it with oil. And, uh, and like onions and stuff. Yeah. Um, they also have a strong t- tradition of like meat dishes. Um, there's a famous dish called. Guleta. I think that's what it's called. It's T X U L E T A. Um, it's a traditional grilled steak. Um, I have to, I have to try that. Cause I'm a carnivore by, you know, at heart. So, yeah. um, in Galicia, Um, seafood is also a staple and dishes like what I was just talking about, which is an octopus dish, pulpo a la gallega, which is so delicious. (laughs) If you ever get a chance to try this, you should. Um, and then you also find things like empanada filled with like seafood meats and or vegetables. And then if you move down to the east, uh, in Catalonia, you're going to find more like hearty stews. So there's like a stew called escudella y Carn- carndola. That doesn't it's weird because it doesn't look like Spanish. It looks like it's a mix of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> A traditional, it's a traditional stew that's made with meat, vegetables, and pasta. That sounds good, too. Mm, yeah. Mm, um, <laughs> I'm hungry. Can you tell? Um, they also have a really strong tradition of like preserved meats and sausages, such as fouet, which is a thin, dried, cured sausage. And um, there's another one called yongganisa, which is a pork sausage. Um I have not tried either one of those but I'd be down for it. Um and then in Valencia they're known for their rice dishes and this is actually where paella originated. Yes. Um and Paella can be made with chicken, rabbit, and shellfish or vegetables. Uh, if you're in Madrid, you're they're known more for their hearty traditional dishes, such as cocido madrileño, which is a stew made with chickpeas, meats, and vegetables. I think I had this while I was in Madrid. I'm almost sure I had it. Um, I'm trying to remember. The fact that I don't remember is not a good... Doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, for that,
1: because um, I don't remember a lot of things until we're talking about <laughs> it. <so. laughs>
0: um, they also have a strong tradition of tapas, which is you know what we know, which is the small plates foods, um, and that can include anything from croquetas to meatballs. Um, in Castilla La Mancha, they have a strong tradition of cured meats, such as jamón ibérico, which we talked about in our Portugal episode because. Um, mm-hmm to me, like, I love I love jamón ibérico, um, and lomo embuchado, a cured pork loin. And then finally, if you go south to Andalusia, it's known for its seafood dishes as well, such as fried fish, pescadito frito, and gazpacho, which is a cold soup made with tomatoes, peppers, and bread. And then they also have a strong tradition of tapas and um, pescadito frito in Seville as well. So, you, I mean, you can really run the gamut in terms of yeah. different types of food across the country yep
1: hey, so, so i'll talk a little bit about my experience in barcelona which yeah. is limited, but they, they have plenty there so first of all like i was excited to try the paella because obviously i'm in spain and i've had yeah. it right um and i i'll be honest i wasn't as impressed i think the places maybe that i went to try it but i'll tell you for those of you that don't know um in spain like the Spaniards don't necessarily eat by yeah, like at home. Like everybody thinks like on a daily, it's really more like a,
0: <clears throat>
1: it's a heavy dish. So they sometimes, I think it's them. like a
0: more like a food gathering type yeah. dish, right? Exactly. Like when you have a, like a party or something at your house or something like that. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, for my experience, it was good, but you know, I was like, okay, well, it wasn't much like when you travel, you want that food to be better than what you had at home because you're feeling like you're in the country. So it was good. But my experience in Barcelona was that I tried a non-traditional, um, plate of paella, which is, um, uh, squid ink rice. Yeah. Make it just like the paella, you know, with the same stuff, but it has squid ink and it gives it like a depth of flavor. That's just, it's just different. It's like earthy and the color doesn't make it look appetizing. Yeah, It's (laughs) it's like a black rice, right? It's very, very (laughs) dark, but, um, But it tastes so good. That was one of my favorite things that I had when I was in Barcelona. So uh, that made me happy.
0: Well, I can tell you just so that when you go back, if you go to Valencia. So my girlfriend was just in Valencia a couple months ago, several months ago. She said she was like, I literally could eat paella every day.
1: Yeah. Must, she, yes. Well, that makes sense because that's the, the region that it's from, right? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes when you go to other areas, they're making, we had this in Colombia, right? They make the, the similar uh, plates, but it's really not from their region, right? Right. And you mentioned the jamón ibérico. So this is funny. We're used to having like a traditional breakfast, oatmeal, pancakes, you know, eggs, omelets, whatever, in the United States. I couldn't find a regular breakfast yeah. for the life of me. Everywhere that we went, they had bread with jamón, jamón. ibérico. <laughs> I mean that's all you saw in the like from the windows right they like put it out for you um, and there's another one called hamong serrano which I didn't try but it's very popular over there and they're considered like gourmet meats because they're yeah. really, Spain's really well known for their cured the cured meat. So uh, at the time that I visited Spain, I did not, I wasn't eating meat, so I didn't get to try it. Um, but I have tried it since then. It is it is really, really good. A favorite of mine is patatas brava. Yeah. It's basically just potatoes, but they put the, like the sp- spicy aioli sauce on it. And then, of course, they had we had empanadas while we were there Um, in torta española, which is basically like what we would call like a frittata. It's just, yeah, 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 like <laughs> eggs with veggies and stuff like that. But, you know, um, one thing that I learned is paella has come a really, really long way when it was originally made back in the day. It was really short rice, short grain rice with I think it was duck, chicken, seafood. Um, you know, saffron, et cetera. And now you can find paella just with seafood, with all kinds of meats, all kinds of vegetables. So it definitely, you know, evolved over time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, but everything I it was good. So uh, this might not be a popular opinion, but I'm not a huge fan of paella. I don't dislike it, but um, I tend to like my rice to be a little drier. Oh, gotcha. And I, so the the mushiness of it, I'm a big texture person. Like for me, yeah. certain textures don't work. Um, I just, it makes me dislike the food, not necessarily because of the taste, but just of the texture thing. So and I feel that way about paella. Um, I, like I mentioned, I loved the, the, the pulpo a la gallega. That to me was amazing. It was incredible. And if you can have it in the Galicia region, even better. Um, my husband had, um, Miguel had some clams at one point at this restaurant and he was like going on and on about how amazing they were. I don't eat clams, so I'm just going to take his word for (laughs) it. We also did a lot of the tapas and empanadillas and the jamón ibérico to me was one of my top things. Um, I don't, other than the pulpo gallega, I don't remember really having any like big meals. Like everything was very like, it was kind of contained in nature, right? and we would yes. just kind of eat throughout the day, you know, which is probably how I should be eating regularly. But, you know.
1: <laughs> so, um, one thing I want to mention, and this again, remember it was my first trip to Europe, they do still in a lot of places honor the siesta for two hours. Yeah. And so we had that experience where we used to go in a dinner at five o'clock and we would go and they would be closed. Mm-hmm. And they don't open again till seven or even after sometimes. And so yeah.
0: if you're going to um, eat in Spain, get prepared, be prepared to eat dinner really late. Yeah. And this is
1: one of my favorite parts of the experience. So, cause you know, this is the point of me and uh, Emerilus's travels is that we love, everything about the culture and the experience and learning how they live. Right. And we, we don't want to be in tourist traps. It happens. Right. But we really just want to understand what the locals are doing. So I'm the one that's asking the the, the cab driver, the Uber driver, or whatever gazillion questions, because I want to understand things. And when we went to a few restaurants, it was interesting because I the, my first thought process is like one of them, the doors were open and the I would say the, the the employees were sitting down. And when we knocked and opened the door, they were like, we're closed. And I was like, oh, and they were like, we don't open again till like seven. And when I walked out, I was like, in America, that wouldn't happen because they'd want the money. <laughs> so they'd be like, you know what I mean? It's just like a culture. I was like, oh, my God. So we learned to eat later, you know, lunch and that to know that it was going to be an experience. So when we sat at the restaurants, finally, when we finally got in, it was so interesting to see that they take their time. There's a they lot do. of wine, a lot of laughter. I mean, and and now I understand why they need this siesta.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, more so in Europe, like places like Spain and Italy, there's this notion of like food is to be shared. It's to be enjoyed. Yes. It's to be, um, it's not to be rushed, right? It's to, you sit down and enjoy for hours your company and your food and your drink and so forth. And there's something really like uh appealing about that because i i personally feel like i'm i've always been of the school of thought like so when i lived in mexico one of the things that i noticed and it used to kind of i used to be like i don't want to live my life like that was um that they would eat standing up like they would eat lunch and 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 please don't take me wrong. Cause I think in, in the case of lunch, you probably, they have limited time, right? So they're just right. trying to eat quickly, but they would eat standing up and they would eat quickly. And then they would go back to work. And I used to always be like, I no, I need to enjoy my food. Like, I feel like I'm just scarfing it down in that moment. Like I want to sit down. I want to, I'm the type of person, like when I eat, I enjoy every moment of it. It's an experience, right? Yes.
1: It's an experience. And I think that's what I loved. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. My husband is less patient. (laughs) I want to eat and get out of here, right? He's about the food. He loves food, but he doesn't have the patience to just sit around and wait between meals. Right. So they, we got, we would, I already knew this. So we would get empanadas like to hold them over and they bring, you know, one meal and then the next thing. And, you know, they, they just take their time. They're in no yeah. rush and neither are any of their other guests. Everybody's sitting around talking, drinking, having a good time. So again, speaking to one of the cab drivers, he explained to me that the way that they'd see it is they start work a little later in the morning. They may not start to you know around 10 in the morning. And then, so they may have like, Bread, they eat a lot of bread, a lot of toast bread, like pancitos, yeah. they call them with, with Iberia. <laughs> I know, I know, I'd be 500 pounds with uh, no, you wouldn't because it's actually fresh over there, exactly. <laughs> Iberia ham. and then they might have a heavier lunch, um, and then they have a lighter dinner, which is why they have tapas or you know, whatever. Because, but they take the time to take their two hours in the past, it was to take a nap. Some people don't do that anymore, but they will take a break, um, and then, um. Then at night, they feel like they have the time because think about it. If you we were at a restaurant once and it was almost midnight and they were people were still hanging out and partying. We're like, how do they go to the work? You know, the next yeah. day yeah, um, yeah. because they get there. They they take care of themselves. They're not in a rush in the morning and they definitely take their break in the afternoon. And and, and Marlis, you're correct. They are all about the experience with their family and spending time with family and friends. That's what they, that's why they break bread. Yeah, I love that concept.
0: Yeah, I do, too. I mean, I try, you know, one of the things I said to Miguel when we first started living together was like, I love we would have dinner tonight every night together at the table. And I didn't really have that growing up. We didn't really sit down all together to eat. Um, And so as an adult, now that I have a, you know, I'm married, uh, we make it a point to sit at the table together and eat and have a drink and talk. It's our time to connect. It's our time to like joke. It's our time to catch up with each other. And so like, I make it, I try to make it a point because I don't want to get into the habit of sitting in front of the TV and eating, Mm -hmm. right? Like it just, I I did that for so many years when I lived alone Mm -hmm. So for me, like he always says to me, you want to set the table? And I'm like, yes. So we set up the table, we sit down, we open up a glass, you know, a bottle of wine Mm -hmm. and we'll have our dinner and we'll chit chat. And so I appreciate that about Spanish culture because I feel like, you, I feel like everybody should have that time in the evening to connect Absolutely. with their family and, yeah, and yeah, do yeah. so over really good food.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think they do that in Europe overall. I remember many, many years ago, there was a book that came out and it was um, why French women don't don't gain weight. And it was there was a whole piece of it um, dedicated to they sit down, even if they're having a croissant, they sit down, they put it on a plate on a pretty plate with a pretty cup and they enjoy mm. their tea or coffee and they really take it in. Whereas here in America, you eat at the counter or worse in the car the while car. you're having to
0: work. Yeah. <laughs> something
1: down before you get to the office or whatever you do. And I think that's the problem is we don't really enjoy food um, for what it is, right? And especially, like, I love cooking, so I also love watching people eat and enjoy their food. That's like a mental thing. See, that's of. your love language. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, you
0: know, my husband's <laughs> happy about that, right? So, um, you know, I do. My husband like, would be happy. Yes. Was, <laughs> my love language to him is when I eat it and I go, mmm, this is so Delicious. good. Like, oh my God, like you killed it, Miguel. Like, he yeah, gets it it
1: When you Yes, when you like to cook and somebody enjoys what you're making, you feel like all that time that you spend spent in the kitchen was so worth it you know what I mean so I'm sure that that's how some of them feel and we're just (laughs) like (laughs) we're just picking stuff through the drive-thru and like shoving it in our mouths and like not really enjoying it you know yeah enjoy your
0: food people
1: yeah not not to change the subject too much but as a health coach I tell people that all the time it's like be be present with your meal because even if you think about it you might get a snack and, uh, you know, he's like, I'm going to have two Oreos. And then the next thing you, you know, you're watching TV and you look down and a whole sleeve is gone. How yeah. right? like, did I do that? Right. Yeah. So a half a bag of popcorn. So it's really about being present with yeah. your food from a health perspective too. Right. Cause it's, yeah. it's going to make you feel better. So
0: yeah, good stuff. Good so stuff. point is enjoy your food, sit down with your loved ones, make a, make a big deal out of it, you know, cause if, at, if at, at a minimum, if you have that to look forward to every day, like how awesome is that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about some things to see and do in this beautiful country. So you uh, you talked about being in Barcelona and seeing La Sagrada Familia, which, uh, you know, if for those who don't know, uh, and I'd be shocked if you... For, Anyways, it doesn't matter. For those who don't know, uh, La Sagrada Familia was made by Antoni Gaudi, or he's the designer, right? He's the architect of it. Gaudi, 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 I, yeah, yeah. Gaudi. That's what I, call them. I might be one, but I've always called him Gaudi, yeah, Um. it is, Uh. I think, Carmen, you tell me, it's a must-see for any first-time visitor in Barcelona,
1: absolutely, yeah, you know, it's funny, because um, I have been to many, many, you know, churches, cathedrals, you know, what do they call them, and, um, oh my God, I, <laughs> we just came back from Italy, they call it something else, Um, Duomos, you know, whatever it is, but at the end of the day, this one was different, and and I'll say I'll say for me it was nicer outside than inside. But yeah,
0: yeah I yeah. agree. I agree yeah. with that. Um, I think it's just you know it's it's an iconic landmark. It's one of those pictures. If you look up uh, any pictures of Barcelona, that's what you're going to see. It's it's associated with that particular church. Um, and then also, uh, you were talking about Park Güell. Güell, yeah which is also designed by the famous architect, you know, by Gaudi. Um, and uh, for those who've never been, it's it's this unique and colorful park. And it really kind of just offers visitors a chance to see some of Gaudi's famous works, um, including his famous mosaic salamander.
1: Yes, I was going to say, I think it's the mosaic all around the sitting areas, the colors. It's just it's just unique.
0: It's It's unique. Yeah.
1: We really enjoyed walking
0: through all of that. It yeah, Barcelona is a beautiful city. Um, yeah. It's on it's on the coast. There's beach. And fun fact here for those who've never been, and if you ever go, you know I live in Miami. And um, one of the things that you'll see in Miami, and you'll understand why I'm ex- why I'm talking about Miami right now in relation to Barcelona. So one of the things that you see when you're in Miami is people walking around in their bikinis, even when they're not on the beach. Like I would go to my local supermarket. I lived across the street from the beach and I would go to my local supermarket and people would be walking around in their bikinis, which in, in no other city do you see this other than right. Miami. Cause even in like, nobody's doing that in New York, right? Like nobody's doing that no. in the cities, right? <laughs> So in Barcelona, you can actually, you will get fined if you step out of the beach, off the beach with your uh, bathing suit. Oh, I didn't know that. You need to be fully dressed when you come off the beach. There is no walking around in a bikini. There is no walking around in a thong. They're not playing. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get arrested for something that you do here, right? Without knowing. Yeah. So uh, you won't get arrested, but you'll get a fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, listen. I, I don't care how you dress, like, do you? I do think that there's uh, appropriateness in certain places, and, but that's just me, you know. Like I just feel like certain certain clothing is not appropriate for certain environments, and that's just. And you know, this this uh, I'm not mad at them. I think for wanting to keep you know a certain type of order in their mm-hmm. in their city, so. Just wanted to share that. Um, one of the things that I also did uh, while I was in Barcelona, which I I would re- highly recommend to anybody, is if you can take like a tour, a day tour up Costa Brava, you should absolutely do it. Um, some of the things that I did on that day tour that I took, um, we would stop at some of the smaller towns on the coast and they're like these beautiful towns with like, like off of cliffs. Right. And you just look down and at the bottom, kind of similar to like in the Southern coast of Portugal, where you're like atop of a cliff and you look down and at the bottom, there's like a small little beach, right? Like, it's similar to that, um, so it has kind of that vibe, uh, but it but very colorful, very kind of like some of the pictures you see of Italy, like the cliff coastal towns in Italy. Um, I also we also stopped at a museum in in on the coast. I don't remember exactly what town it was in, but it was a museum for Salvador Dali of, of his work, and um, it was incredible he's a little out there as well from an artist perspective but it was nice to see all of his work and just have that experience um also so if you get a chance it's a great way Costa Brava. Uh, it's the coast that uh, of spain that then leads into france so oh no nice. and you can, you can do it right from you can do that day trip from barcelona um so definitely something uh to consider um if you're in madrid um, which is the capital city. Uh, you can go visit a lot of the famous landmarks. Um, one of the places that I recommend is the Royal Palace of Madrid. It does it is open to the public and you can go in and see not every room, but you can see a lot of the 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 palace. It's it's really nice. Um when we went, uh there was no royal royals there but it was nice just to see the space um the prado museum is also a great place to visit um and then just even walking through like the historic streets and looking at the architecture and soaking up like the atmosphere like sitting down at a cafe and just kind of people watching you know we really enjoyed that part of it um Also, if you're up for it, one of the things that we did, this was kind of on a whim. We hadn't planned it out, but we rented a car and um, we took the drive south, an hour south to Toledo, which is um, a very old city with a wall. It's like I want to say it's a Roman city with a wall Um, and the streets are like super narrow. I mean, you feel like you took a step back in time that's I love
1: what that. it's like, like love that
0: yes I, um, something like, I would like when I travel I
1: like to do something like that we just did yeah really, like we got outside of the regular stuff and we went to those villages it was so different
0: yeah like, living and, like the locals mm-hmm. um and we had lunch outside and we just like we just enjoyed the day they have a museum um in the town as well that kind of talks about the history of the town. So that was that was it was nice to do that and just kind of learn about that history. So if you ever get a chance while you're in Madrid, it's literally an hour south and it's so easy to drive there. I promise you it's not like some other like they don't drive on the opposite side of the street that we do. Um and this everything's very well uh labeled the signs and everything so it's easy to figure things out. Um I did want to bring up one, one yeah. thing that, that I actually can't believe I forgot,
1: but um, one of the favorites of ours when we went to to um, Barcelona was we went out to uh, Montserrat mm-hmm. and that was beautiful. The views <laughs> were great. It took you up on a, you know, like a little train ride or car, what do they call them? Like a... I can't remember the word right now, but a cable it, car. Yeah. Like a cable car. Um, And it's actually not a cable car because it's on tracks, but it's, it's not, it looks different than a regular train, whatever it was. Anyway, it brings you all the way up and then, you know, you can see the views and there's the, the, the big, um, what do you call it? um can't think today. The, the, it looks like a church, like a big
0: okay. um,
1: buildings there. There's a museum up there and there was people selling like, you know, arts on the, on the, on the street and right in front of the place. But we walked around, the views were amazing. And I have some amazing pictures from there and some good memories. Cause we got to, they also sold like, you know, cheeses and nuts and stuff like that. So we got to grab some snacks and just sit and relax for a while on the mountainside, looking at the views. And that, that was an, an amazing, amazing thing to do. If you want to get outside of the city, yeah. do something different, you know, you can hike, they had, you know, hiking trails. Some people hike all the way up, um, which will take you a while, but it can be done. That you could, see, and when you were at the top, you could see the groups of people hiking, you know, up and down. Um, and then, of course, if not, you can take the cable ride up. So, oh, okay, Montserrat Peak—it's just—it's it's breathtaking. Something oh. to not miss if you. Well, there you mm-hmm.
0: go. Something else to do. <laughs> um, and then if you want to head up north to galicia to the region of galicia you can go to santiago de compostela which for those who don't know is actually the end of the road for there's a pilgrimage that takes place a christian oh. or i don't know if it's catholic or christian pilgrimage it's a, it's has to do with um with christianity i know that and it starts in france and people literally walk all the way from the starting location in France uh, through northern Spain and it ends in Santiago de Compostela. They have a beautiful, beautiful church um, and the town. It looks medieval. Like the the center of the town is very medieval looking. It's expanded. It's a bigger city. It's a bigger town now, but the historic part of it, what, what is originally the town itself, is very medieval in in nature, just the way it looks. But it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. So we spent a lot of time walking around there. We went to the church. We saw people kind of like finishing their pilgrimage. Um, so um, and I and by the way, I don't think that pilgrimage happens once a year. I think you can do it. I think there might be like specific times of the year that people do it, but I think you could do it on your own if you want to as well. There's an actual like trail, if I'm not mistaken. So um, that is something to do. And then we, because we rented a car, we also, uh, since the, the focus of this trip was to, help my husband go see his castle in Parga. We also, <laughs> we rented the car. We went out to Parga. Um, and then we also got to stop on, on the way back in a town called Lugo, which is another Roman town with a full Roman wall around the town. And you can actually walk the top of the wall and just walk the entire way around the town. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's breathtaking it's, it looks old. It looks like, again, like you took a, a step back in time. Um, and then uh, we also went north to Coruña, which is on the northwest coast of Spain. You know, it was nice to walk around. We went to, they have um a statue that so they have an observation tower that you can climb up to, to kind of see the coast and see the city. And in front of it, there's like a statue of like Hercules. Um, And that was probably the thing that stood out the most to me about Coruña. We didn't spend a lot of time there. And honestly, it wasn't like, Oh, it's a city I need to go back to, but it was just nice to see it. You know, like it was nice to spend time there. So um I'm trying to think of anything else you can do. I, I would recommend, you know, if you're going to be in Spain, um and you're looking to kind of combine it with another destination you can do spain and portugal um, although i personally feel like you should give each one its own time because oh my God. spain by itself is big and then portugal has so many beautiful places as well so i was thinking of going to um france you know paris and then uh,
1: you know heading over there because i i don't i know this is going to sound awful but i don't know there's a lot to do in France, but you have to move around a lot, right? So I was thinking maybe do a few days in one or, and go back to a different part of Spain. But I, I'm with you. I recently saw something on, on France that made me realize it's more than I think of or that most people think of to see. So I just, I do like to give each country its, its appropriate time. I, I don't know that, um I, w- I think I would have been disappointed if I missed stuff in Portugal or, you know. Yeah, parts. yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, it's just, to- I think we, you know, it, unfortunately for us in the United States, we have such limited time off for people Mm -hmm. who work in corporate America that you just, you're trying to get in as much as you can. But the problem is when you rush, you actually end up missing a lot of like the essence of the place. So, you know, give it its due due time so that you can actually enjoy it and experience it in its fullness. So, Very good.
1: Anything else you want to add? No. I mean, I think, I want to go back. (laughs) I want to go back and get outside of Barcelona. You know, I'd like to see other parts of Spain. Now that I've been to other parts of Europe, yeah. As the first trip, I was excited just to explore Barcelona, but now that I've tripped, you know, traveled to um, you know Italy and uh, and Portugal and stuff, I'm curious and I want to go back to other parts of Spain. Yeah. Yeah, Octopus, just for that. I'm taking Oh
0: my God, girl, you will (laughs) love it. It is so good. It is so yummy. Um, It's funny. All right. Well, with that we will say thank you for joining us. We really appreciate having everyone um, listen and support. Please subscribe to our channel if you're enjoying this content. And if you want to hear about other things, let us know. We're always happy to get some feedback, Um, right? We're happy to to kind of adjust as needed. So yeah, thanks for hanging in there. And Mm -hmm. remember to eat well, travel often. Thanks,
1: guys. Bye. Bye -bye.